0: there's always different ways to do things and there's always a way to you know find a solution to their problems
1: welcome back everybody to the con expo con egg podcast it's been a while for me at least it is after the show right now and i feel amazing I want to thank our awesome sponsor Komatsu. Their booth and their display was beautiful at the show. I make sure I definitely want to say that. With me today, I have my buddy who who is with me at the show the entire time as well too. The man from D two Contracting, Dylan Mercier. Dylan, thanks for being on, buddy. I appreciate you having me, buddy. I appreciate it greatly. It's good. I, I'm finally glad that we got to uh, to speak to each other and to chat. And I know that you have a lot kind of going on in your plate. And also we went to the show together. So that's kind of some stuff that I'd want to get into with you as well first. But for everybody that's not me, you know, get a little background info on you. I mean, you got your your construction business going on. What do you do? Who are you? So, yeah, my name is
0: Dylan Mercier. I own D2 Contracting. Um, we've been in business since July of last year. So uh, we are fairly new to the game. I myself have been doing this for the last six, seven years, uh, basically since I graduated high school, whether that be, you know, I've I've been all over the place, general contracting, site work, excavating, um, and even some painting and siding with my parents before then. So um, it's been a whirlwind, but I don't really know how much you want to get into it. But yeah, that's, (laughs) that's, that's me. That's who I am.
1: Cool. Dope. So what, what led you to, I guess, to where you're at right now? I mean, I know that you, you know, your parents were saying that they had a, a family business. Um, So what, what were you doing before? Like, you know, you were saying like July of last year, like what made you want to take that leap to go and kind of like do your own thing?
0: So I was um, running a land clearing business for somebody else in the area. I did that for a little over a year. I had a great time doing it. But I just always knew, you know, at some point down the road, I was going to be off on my own. I just didn't know when. My parents always told me to go work for somebody before you just start fresh, not knowing anything. So I kind of trusted their uh, intuition there and just went off and found somebody to work for, kind of explained what I envisioned myself doing at the company. And it took off pretty quickly. We went from a company that wasn't doing a whole lot to a company that was doing a lot of land clearing and right away clearing for municipalities, uh developers, all all kinds of things. It was it was exciting. We still did a lot of residential work too. Um, but that's kind of where I got my feet wet, I guess you could say. I'd always been around, you know, equipment and stuff working at um a landscaping company growing up, but never really, you know, I, I was never really in it. But I, the the hardscaping and and retaining walls and stuff that we did wasn't anything like I do today. But I learned a lot at that land clearing company and I don't know, July, it just, it was time. I I knew that I was ready to do something else and I wasn't really gung-ho on land clearing anymore. It was a lot of work, a lot of downtime, a lot of maintenance, and it's a cutthroat market around us. So that's what kind of led me on to start my own thing. And now we do a lot of general site work, you know, residential site work packages, everything from stripping the topsoil, digging the basement, hooking up the utilities Putting in the septic, uh, all the way to the final grade, and bringing in topsoil at the end. We also do a lot of underground utilities, water main work, sewer main work. I haven't really dabbled a whole lot with the storm yet, but we've got some projects coming up, so that'll change. But that's pretty much the rundown. You know, like I said, the the land clearing thing just wasn't for me. It's really cool, but it's a lot of work and. I guess the one thing that drew me away from it was the fact that it wasn't mine. I think if it were mine and I had control, you know, at the end of the day, it was my control.
1: It would have been different, but it's just how things go and it's how you learn. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I I don't know, I feel like if somebody was like hey man like here's a massive land clearing project and it'll work out and if you had access to the machine maybe you would do it now i think what you said at the end is key it's it wasn't your thing it wasn't your, yeah. it wasn't your business and um i think that's just kind of what it, it comes down to it's just like the mentality of like having something that's yours and it gives you more so of a reason especially when you're wired like that cuz not everybody's wired like that right there's a lot of guys that don't want the responsibility and we need those people as well too. Right. But someone like yourself or myself that, you know, wait, want, wants to wake up every day and work for themselves and take on all the added stress and everything like that. That's just your mentality going into it.
0: Yeah. What, what it boiled down to is the fact that I'm just completely unemployable. And I've known that for a long time. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs and, and it, it's, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I just, I like to be the one making the call and I, I like the, that's left up to me I kind of like the stress I like the chaos it's it's exciting it makes my day
1: go around yeah you kind of have to really love the chaos when you're running a business you know especially I mean like it's actually interesting because we're at two different completely you know points in business right I'm we're 55 years (laughs) in business you're a year in business but yet we still in conversations with each other deal with the same problems, right? Whether it be other contractors underbidding you and doing the job for less, or not being able to find people or find good enough people. We have the same problems, not all, but most. And I yeah. think that that's interesting about the industry is that it doesn't matter how kind of big or small you are. Like that's what I enjoy about about talking to you as well too, is it's kind of like, we both have the same kind of stuff going on.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things that I'll you know come to you for. And you give me totally different answers than something I'd be thinking in my head because we're in two different positions. And I, I think that's vice versa, too. There's some things I've probably told you along the way. Like, you're like, "Oh, no, I didn't really think of it like that. But, you know, it's 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 definitely interesting. And you hit the nail on the head with that one.
1: Yeah. No, I've never actually took advice from you. Thought that it was good advice. I just <laughs> wanted to share that with you oh okay yeah um i got uh, some receipts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i, I want to ask because this was interesting the other day when we were talking about it i don't know if it was on the phone or over text but uh you were talking about how you know i was saying like uh oh, residential commercial and it's funny because i meet a lot of people who like love like like for instance i just hired like my uh, i have another cousin who's starting with us and he's like oh that's dude. awesome yeah he's like dude like i don't need to be in an office like i just want to be on the ground in the bottom of a hole in a trench box mud covered and like i feel like i'm a mixture of the both like i like the office but i also am more of a field guy and i want to hear from you like like what is it about like the sewer and water and the you know just like that type of grimy gritty big machinery slinging dirt like what do you like about that and the industry i guess like what's your love for it
0: that's a really good question. There's probably not a good answer either, but I'll do my best here. Honestly, the really say the danger involved, but just the fact that it's, it's, you know, it's hard work and it's not for everybody. There's a lot of people that do not get into things like this because of how hard the work is. You know, like you said, how gritty you got to be to get down in that hole. You could be doing a, you could be in a 30 foot hole working on a sewer main in in the cities and to some people, it's normal, and to others, it's like, "Holy cow, you're crazy." For me, though, I don't know. It's it's exciting. It's something new every day. And and just to put it in perspective, we've been on a water main. Uh, there was a water main break in a uh, in a mobile home park here in Brighton. It uh, it started We started it last Thursday.
1: Is it on Eight Mile? No,
0: it's not on Eight Mile. No, no. <laughs>
1: oh, it's not the one Eminem grew up in. Dang, dude. Dylan's from Detroit, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Um, hopefully one day, though. But it's it's something new every day. And when I say that, like, we went out there uh, fully expecting to find a four-inch main in a spot they, you know, said it was in based off their historical data and their old as-builts and drawings and stuff. And it wasn't there, so we had to cross Gas, AT and T, Comcast, you name it. Electrical, everything to try and find this thing. It took us two full days, even with the back truck, to finally find it and figure out what was going on. And lo and behold, nobody has a recollection of it because it was done, God knows how long ago. But there's a four inch main that runs under two trailers that we just had to cap at both ends and basically run five or six new services to all the new trailers that were hooked up on that. So every day we thought we'd finish. Like Friday, we were like, oh yeah, we're done we go check the other trailers. Hey, you guys got water? No. So we're like, all right, we'll be back out here Monday. Yesterday we wrapped up last trailer. We're like, you guys got water? They're like, nope. We're like, all right, let's run one more service. So it's, uh, it's exciting. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a headache sometimes, but I like it. It's, it's the chaos. It's fun.
1: Yeah. I think it's like the grind, you know? And it, it for me, like, yeah, like Everything that you're saying is you're explaining why and you summarize it at the end. I like the chaos because everything you're saying is chaos, right? It's like <laughs> if, if, if there's something that they put in the ground, whether it be gas, Internet, fiber optic, whatever, it was there. And, you know, you just kept coming back to it and doing it. And I think that it's just something that's kind of like instilled in you, especially in blue collar, like. Blue collar work is, you know, something that it's either like you either love it or you hate it. Like you're either the person that's like looking at us going like, oh, my God, I'd never do that job. Or you're the type of guy being like, oh, like, I wish I was in the bottom of that hole right now. Just slinging it with these guys and girls, you know, there's times I catch myself
0: jumping out of the machine and get down in the hole just to help the guys. And then they're like, what are you doing? Get back up in the machine. It's like, I just like to be everywhere. It's it's exciting.
1: Yeah, I end up just kind of being more of a burden to the guys, really, whenever I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm just kind of like in the hole, getting in the way, and they're like, hey, man, like, get out of here. <laughs> uh, um, dude, let's talk about a little bit about Con Expo, man.
0: All right. All right.
1: How did you find it? How did you like the show? I know that we were there. We were there for about three and a half days. We saw as much as we thought that we could. You know, I just think the sheer size of it is unbelievable, which again is like the whole more reason to be like, all right, well I'm pumped for 2026 because I'm going to check out this thing that I didn't get to see that I wanted to really see. But uh, what do you think of the show? How'd you like it?
0: I loved it. I thought it was super fun. I think the biggest takeaway for me from it was the amount of hands I shook, the amount of, you know, people I met. Um, Cause it's crazy to kind of put a name to a face uh, or a, a face to a name, you know, and you can, you know, chime in on this too. Like the amount of people we met when we were there was crazy, which is great because networking is is everything in our business, uh, whether people want to admit it or not. But from the show standpoint, I think it was great. They it's it's laid out really well. Um, you do a lot of walking, but that's you know to be expected. And I'm beating a dead horse here because I've heard everybody say it. I've talked to that went, but you literally cannot see everything. It's impossible. I mean, just between our group. We probably saw three or four different, I guess, exhibits. You could say because I know they were kind of mapped out everywhere. And then that last day I was there, I got a chance to go walk around some more, which was nice because I saw a lot of things I didn't even know was there, so it was exciting. But to see all that big equipment, I mean, there's there's nothing in our world that wasn't there. And I mean, everything from you know the smallest electric powered mini to
1: a three ninety. It was it was cool. The cranes, everything else. Yeah, I think it was super neat. And like you said, like it's like the people, like that was the coolest thing. Like, even the people, people that were listening to the podcast, but people that were like, oh, dude, so I know you from TikTok or like social media yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I think that that's the coolest thing. And like, you know, I was saying to you, like, it drove me harder to like come back and really like nail down social media and like continuing on to do it. And I think that that's the coolest thing in our industry. And I think that that's why it's a really important time right now to kind of like be involved with social media now. Like that's obviously how I met everybody listening. How I first met Dylan is like, I think we started posting about land clearing um, because we had a big project we were doing at the airport. And I remember like, he i think you reached out to me or i reached out to you i don't know and you had a big fecon mulcher and uh i remember being like damn like that thing's badass dude and we just kind of talked from there but again like my point is it's social media and I know that if somebody from a different industry was listening to this conversation right now, they'd be like, you guys are talk- still talking about like how social media is important. But honestly, it was <laughs> so cool, and I think it's so important in construction because I still think if you're a company or you can add value in construction in the industry, on social media, then you're going to find success on it, whether that be you wanting to be an influencer or just branding your company or growing your company or just growing a following online, whatever. I think that there's so much opportunity in the construction industry right now, especially because like bring a different style into it. Like now on social media, on like different platforms, you see like guys like throwing up different stuff. Like I remember when I, I started doing a little bit of different music, people were like, whoa, ah, uh, we've never seen this before. Like, what is this? But now I, I'm seeing guys innovate and be so creative on it. And it's just so cool going to a space like Cone Expo and meeting those people. And it's like and chatting with them about it and be like, dang, like you saw that video or like them recognizing certain points of it. So yeah, like what's your take on social media and the value of it? Because like, again, that's where we first met. And I know that you used to do a lot of it and you want to do more of it now, but what's your take on that?
0: In the last two years being on social media, I've made some of my best friends on it. And that probably also sounds crazy. That's like, you know, one of your buddies like, oh yeah,
1: I met a girl. Did you call them your BFFs? Oh yeah. hundred oh, percent.
0: Wow. Um, <laughs> but I mean, as far as social media goes, there's so many different ways to do it. And that was also insightful too, while we were there, being able to go to some of those talks, like for instance, the one that you guys were involved with, uh, towards the end of the show with, uh um matt from american pavement and jimmy starbuck and missy and uh katie that that was super interesting because all you guys kind of do social media a different way and there's no right way to do it it's whatever kind of builds that traction and gets you to the next level and a lot of people are interested in other things so like there's so much of it out there and if you can kind of just get people engaged and get them on your pages it's it's game over after that um but from a social media standpoint If you're not doing it, it's just, I don't know, you know, what planet you live on at this point. Cause even, even finding like help, like, I mean, some of your best guys have, have came from social media, everybody in the past year and a half, two years. Yeah. Which is wild. And I hope to someday be at that point where I can utilize social media to find people. I've I've definitely had people hit me up. But we're just not ready. It's we're not a big enough company to do something like that to take on a bunch of guys off the internet. But one day, I I really hope to utilize that as like one of our biggest, you know, takeaways from social media is to find those those quality candidates because that's the biggest thing. Without quality candidates, I'm nothing, and my company's nothing, and and that goes a long way.
1: Yeah. The last time that we were together uh irl here in ottawa i remember we were on a we were talking on on something to these other guys online and i remember we were going on about linkedin and and this is it's kind of funny it came full circle i remember (laughs) you know you guys were like linkedin's awesome and i'm like yeah okay sure like i hate linkedin i think it's stupid i think it's the most irrelevant platform to be on you're wasting your time so at the beginning of this year in december skip ahead now December, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to throw like I got some really good high quality photos, I'm going to throw some up some projects that I'm pretty proud of. And I think it was four days later, I had the CEO of a massive, massive company linkedin message me whatever you want to call it, dm me on there and he's like hey man he's like i got 50 acres of bush like do you want to come mulch it with your mulcher and i was like no (laughs) damn i was like dylan was right You, you had to tuck your tail between your legs yeah and it was like i'll always admit when i'm wrong so you were definitely right about that one with the linkedin you found success on that right yeah some some of my best clients to date have came from linkedin whether
0: that you know, was me working, you know, for other people going out and finding the work or just with my company alone, like two guys I worked for significantly, like came from LinkedIn, which is wild. And it's, it's crazy to think that a, a platform like LinkedIn has not made me money. And I pay like the, you know, $50 a month or whatever for the premium. Um, So you can see who views your profile and everything. So I was thinking about that. Is it, is it worth it? Oh yeah. Like, I can see who views my profile and if it's anybody, you know like anybody? Anybody. And anybody around my area. Yes. So like if they view my profile, I'll instantly just connect with them. And uh it it seems to work. Uh, and there's a couple other things that you can do with the premium. I haven't caught on too much yet, but I think the biggest takeaway for me for the the premium is the fact that you can see who views your profile because it's it's cool to see who's looking at you because Sometimes it's competitors. Sometimes it's, you know, someone you might do work for some, sometime soon. So it's, I don't
1: know. I, I just like that. Yeah. How do you deal with competitors? Like, how are you dealing with competitors? Me? Yeah. Like, are you friendly with them? Are you like oh, yeah. friends close and enemies closer? Like you got any, you got any people that you want to like, you know, like not see here anymore. Like what's going on? No, I take their scraps. I I eat that up.
0: I take all the the, the work that they don't want. And right now, Any competitor I can, and and at the end of the day, yes, they are a competitor, but any competitor I can develop a relationship with and get on their side and let them know like, Hey, you know, if there's some work out there that you guys don't want to take on one, because it's just, you know, the quality of work isn't there. The money's not there. Or, or, you know, even three, like, it's just a hard job that a lot of people don't want to tackle. We're young, dumb. We'd love to tackle it. So let us, but I mean, two of the companies that have really helped me along the way is solely i mean they're they're at the end of the day, yes they're competitors but they feed me work like it's going on a style and it's it's really helped me and my company and my guys it's it's helped us you know kind of boost to the next level so it's i don't really get behind the whole like ah oh, you know don't talk to the competitors don't give them information like the more information i can share with somebody and the more information they can
1: reciprocate back i think the longer it goes for for both parties yeah i agree i remember i was chatting with somebody a while ago and they're like Oh, like can you explain the secret sauce to like you know like what you're doing with your business or anything like that i'm just like there's no secret sauce man i'm just like this is what i do and this is how i do it and yeah i just feel like people it's like an outdated way of thinking but it's like well i'm not going to tell people how we do that or what software we use to do this or or our take on on something like this or how did i manage to do that because like man, like, I mean, you can all learn something from somebody at the end of the day. There's enough work to go around for everybody. Like, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's like, dang, like, this guy took this job on me. But yeah, I feel like, like, keep your friends close, enemies closer, but also like, they don't have to be your enemies. You know, you guys can work together as well, too, and still get stuff done.
0: 100%. I I literally wouldn't be able to do a lot of the work I do without my competitors, because they're the ones who've been renting me equipment and
1: trucks. And yeah, it's helped me immensely. So how does your business model work? You just talked about renting and stuff like that. So how's it work? So what you D2, you, I know you have like a truck and you got a, you've got a company truck, you got an employee, he's got a, he's got a company visa. Like, I know you got some stuff going on when you get loaded up for a job, you call your local rental place. Like how, how's it working? Cause this is good knowledge, dude, for the guys that are trying to get into it. Like, and they're like, man, I don't have 200 grand to spend on an excavator. Like, cause again, who does? So let's hear it. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's very hard to come by right now. Again, going back to what I just said, my biggest savior, you know, the last six months is, is one of the companies I do a lot of work for. they have a lot of equipment that sits around their yard. They don't use very often. And I've pretty much had free reins to it. Um, the past six, seven months, which is again, like helped me crazy, but I use every avenue possible. Like there's guys, and and this might sound crazy, but there's guys who rent skids on Facebook Marketplace. There's guys, there's a website called Rubble, which I just recently rented from. I don't know if it's in Canada, but I know it's in the States. And I'm renting a Cat 306 for what the guy's payment is for the next three months. It, it's kind of a no-brainer for me because at the end of the day, it's, it's not my piece of equipment. I don't have to worry about the payments come, you know, January, February, because that's when it gets tough. But we just bought our first skid steer. We got a Cat 259, $1,200 on it. He's uh, It's a D3, though.
1: Did you tell me this already?
0: No, I don't think I've told anybody. I just signed the paperwork yesterday. Yesterday? D- yesterday, yep. Good for you. How many hours are on it? 1,200. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's a 2021 D3. It's a D3? Yep. Yep. It's got uh, three years of warranty left. Three years or 3,000 hours. Um, but that was the one thing that was killing us like I- i'm okay with the excavator rentals cuz i can track them down pretty easily just between cat and all my other equipment manufacturers and those third party websites and i shoot i found a smoking deal on that 306 for the next 3 months but like the the biggest like thorn in my side the last 7 8 months has been a skid because the skid rentals will eat you up alive chew you up and spit you back out like it, it was costing me three hundred three fifty 350 a day depending on who i was renting from and as good your payments like 1500 bucks a month and yeah the the week rentals were 1500 bucks a week so we're excited about that because that'll help us you know from a number standpoint not having to throw so much money at rental on the, the skids but as far as like the minis go and and uh, you know some of your bigger excavators like i like renting those because out at this job we're doing right here in brighton I need a 305. So we've had a 305 out there, but like the next job I'm doing in this coming week, we need a 315 out there. So I can, I have access to basically everything. I just, you know, you, you, you take on the rent and you bill for it. I've never had anybody question it and it's worked up until this point. So it's not as you know bad as people make it seem. Sometimes renting, renting is not fun, especially, you know, paying those bills after you have the Like, for instance, the 315 I've had for the last two months, I'm not looking forward to paying that bill here in the next couple of weeks because it's astronomical. But again, you build for it all and and you make it work. So it's not as hard as it seems. And I don't think it's, you know, a lot of people, like I said, look down on it, but I like it because I have access to 40 different pieces of equipment at
1: any time yeah so you're utilizing connections like you said the first thing you know like one of the guys that does kind of the same thing you're doing right so you're, you're utilizing connections and then you're also utilizing rental and like third-party rentals and stuff like that which is super cool and you see a lot more of that now especially in the industry is these apps that are kind of tracking down because I mean you're saying a lot of like specific models of excavators but realistically you don't care just give me a 15 ton give me a five ton don't care what model or brand it is as long as it's a good deal good rate and it moves dirt and does what I need it to, you know, let's kind of just get it done.
0: Yeah. And one thing that's helped me too is, and since I've been around this for the last couple of years, I've been able to develop relationships with salesmen and a lot of different equipment manufacturers too. Just, you know, even when I wasn't on my own and they have helped, like there's been times where, you know, the week rent is up on on a machine and I'm just like, dude, can I have two more days? And he's like, yeah, dude, no problem. And like, that's huge. Cause I was just talking about this with uh, one of my employees. I was like, what would we do if we didn't have, you know, our cat salesman or our Alta salesman? Like, cause it, it, it would be crazy the bill I'd get. Cause if you don't have somebody on your side, like at the end of the day, those equipment manufacturers probably aren't going to help you. You kind of, you got to have one of those salesmen on your side and, and develop a relationship with them. Cause they'll help you out and they care about you. Cause at the end of the day, they know at some point you're going to buy a piece of
1: equipment from them. No. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. What was it with the skid steer? Well, how come you were like, okay, this is the piece I need. Like, obviously the machinery, you know, people are don't, don't think too vague on it, you know, like obviously communication and, and rental and stuff, but I'm more interested on in like, what was it with the skid steer versus the excavator? Like, is there just more work with what you're doing for a skid steer versus the excavator or just throwing away too much money?
0: We were just throwing away way too much money. And a lot of times we would do a job like without a skid, just because we didn't want to pay the rent on that. So we. Why well, do you we, we think
1: skid prices are so high?
0: I don't know. I I wouldn't necessarily say they're super. I you know because if you look at like a mini rental like this mini I've got for thirty two hundred bucks a month for the next three months, like to me it's it's a it's a little bit higher than what I anticipate a payment would be for a six ton mini, but it's not that much more. And the fact that I don't have to worry about maintenance or anything, like I'll I'll eat that cost. But the skid, it was just, we would go, you know, three, four days on a job. And then the last day, bring it in to do cleanup. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's nice to have. It's a jack of all trades. It's, it's, there's a lot you can do with one and it'll be nice to kind of have to not worry about, and that's another thing too. Like I was spending so much money sending guys to go pick equipment up. Like, even if we started at 6am, by the time you get to the rental plate, by the time you get to Michigan cat or Alta or wherever. And get the machine loaded, and and you know talk to your salesman or whoever or the yard guys. It's nine a.m. and you're like, oh my god, lost you know two hours of the day we could be working. So it'll be nice to just have the excavator dozer there, and then you know just show up with
1: the skid because we can't really move anything unless it's under six ton anyway. So yeah, I hear you, man. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, right? How do you do? You guys have frost laws? That's what I meant to ask. We do. Okay, are they over?
0: So this year, they did not go in effect for 90% of the state because we never really got frost. It was kind of one of those one-off years. Some of your bigger uh, counties and municipalities turned them on, but for the most part, you know, and it helped because the month they were on, the county we were working in wasn't a problem. Now, it would have been different had we gone 20 miles south, but... We uh, pushed that job off on purpose just because between us moving our equipment, getting equipment there and then trucking, like hauling 33 percent of the load is is costly for the customer, too. So I just kind of let
1: the guy know we're, we're going to push this off because you're not going to want to pay this bill. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you're like, oh, then it's like 9 a.m. And then I'm at, you know, this machinery place and. It made me think about, you know, the amount of hours that you have to put in and the amount of hours that you're putting in currently right now in a week. I mean, you're probably doing, you know, insane, like you're going 1 a.m., 2 a.m. most days because you're doing field and then office at night. And I know a big conversation in the industry right now is, you know, like work-life balance and all that stuff. And I I know that that it's geared definitely more towards employees, obviously. But I guess for the people that kind of want to start to do their own thing, like, Having a hard work ethic and like working harder is definitely in your, like, you have to be doing that. So like, what are you kind of putting in for hours and like, what keeps you motivated to do that? Obviously. Yeah. Kind of get into that a little bit more. I like that topic. I
0: joke with everybody around here that I'm buddies with, you know, some of the other companies I work with, um, I I have two shifts. I work second shift and first shift. First shift, we're on the field doing the work. And if I get lucky and the the job is is doable for my guys and I can kind of take off and not have to work till 2 a.m. that night, I will. But majority, probably 95% of the time, that's not the case. And that's okay. I'm all right with it. What drives me is really it's people I look up to and, and a lot of these companies that I strive to be one day and you're not going to get there just kind of sitting by the wayside. The work doesn't come to you. You got to go out there and get it. You got to chase it. And if that means, you know, sitting in front of the computer from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., it it just has to be done. What drives me, though, is is energy, drinks, and coffee right now. Um, It's the only way I can get to that point and then turn around and wake up at 4.35 a.m. the next day. It's hard. There's some days where I'm like, I don't want to do this, but it's just something in me that I'm just like, man, I want to do this because... One day I, I, w- I want to be like you or, or some of our other buddies or like some of these companies I do work with. I, I don't always want to be, you know, and, and this is no shot to anybody that that is just an owner operator. You know, a couple guys and a couple pieces of equipment. That's just that's not what I want to be. I, I want to be some, you know, giant moving machine that just cannot be stopped. And you got to put in the work to get there. It's Nobody made any of these companies off off luck and you know just sitting back and relaxing Uh, maybe a little bit of luck but not so much relaxing and if that means you got to work seven days a week 20 hours a day you got to do it and I knew that going into it and I took the bull by the horns and got after it and I've made it this far and who knows let's see how far I can I can keep going until either uh in in, what, what would be the I don't know how to Sleep deprivation takes me or, you know, something just crazy like that. But I don't know. It's it's hard, but you got to do it.
1: Okay, so you're mentioning, you know, kind of seeing where it takes you. And obviously, you know, actually, before this podcast started, I was mentioning about losing my hair and like it's actually crazy. I lose hair when I'm back stressed at work and like just like right now especially right cuz you're like we're just coming out of winter we need to get cash flow back in the business we're lining up projects we're pricing lots hopefully we're getting lots it's just a super stressful time right now especially to be being in construction it's funny when I went away on holidays in Florida we came back and I remember sitting on the couch and my wife was like your hair's growing back on the front. And I'm like, wow, awesome. Like we just got back from vacation. And then now here it is losing it again. But that all in turn comes with a lot of the conversation that we've been having today, which is like working your butt off, getting everything done, being out there, loving the grind. And you were kind of talking about where will this take me? Where do you want to take it? Like, where do you see yourself in 10, 15, 20 years? Like is D2, massive is d two twenty guys are you doing 20 million are you doing 200 million are you doing 2 million Two hundred thousand? who knows me personally uh when i started this i made a five-year plan
0: to do 10 million after the fifth year that's that's my goal who knows if you know and i told everybody this when i started i i don't care if you think i'm crazy i don't care if you you know i sound absolutely insane it's what i want to do and i'm going to strive for it and if i get there great if not we're going to try harder and 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 get there the next year. Um, where do I want to be though? I want to build a company with as many men, and women as possible that want to be here. I, I want to make it a place that people want to show up to work every day because there's a lot of places and, and this is everywhere. It's not just Michigan. It's, you know, it's, it's not just the Midwest. It's, it's the entire U S it's probably the, the world, but I want a place where people want to come to work. They want to, you know, work hard and they want to feel like they've done something at the end of the day. And the only way you can attract people like that is, is to have them buy in and and give them a salary or a truck or whatever it may be. You got to make it worth their while too. And I'm not doing, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm doing this for myself. I mean, obviously at the end of the day, we are doing this for ourselves and our families and hopefully one day I have a family to work harder for, but I wouldn't be anything without the people that help me every day and the guys I have now. And I hope that as a whole, we're all doing well in 10, 15 years. And where we wanna be, I really like to mainly focus on infrastructure. Uh, America's infrastructure especially is is not so great. The things I find under the ground every day on a daily basis is insane. You know, like our the quality of our drinking water and it's it's crazy. So I, I think that's a, a world that's never gonna stop. We're always gonna be, you know, technology's always changing, we're always gonna find new ways to do things. And that's one thing that kind of drives me because I I'm just infatuated by it. I want to see where it goes. Cause, and I know this for a fact, cause we did a water main break there a couple of weeks ago. There, there's a city very close to me that still has wood water mains. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but that's because the city is a very popular city. They have a very, you know, the nightlife there and, and everything is, is just too much for them to, to rip the whole road up and replace all that. And if it, if it functions, it works, but you got to also think about the people that live in that town too. like, I can't imagine the water quality's great i know it gets tested and treated and stuff but still to me it just i don't know there's something about it but i i mainly like to stick to infrastructure and i not so much highway work but a lot
1: of uh, water
0: sewer and storm utilities
1: pretty much well it's kind of what you love right and you kind of were mentioning like about family and how like that's important and you want to see like your employees do well and and like obviously maybe one day have a family of yourself you know it, you finally asked your girlfriend to marry you who knows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my little brother just got engaged on Easter. i don't need any more dude. dang dude that yeah. was yeah awkward <laughs> yeah yeah but you do it for that reason and i feel like you know obviously it's good to have goals like what you're saying like we have those same ones when we have round tables as well too we're talking like okay revenue wise employee wise where do we see ourselves but i'm also a genuine believer that like You can have that mindset, but I also think if you have the mindset of like, okay, like I want to see like my employee do better. I want to see like, how can I make it better for my guys? How can like my, like, you know, like management in here, like I always tell them like guys, like. This is us. like, I want to see you guys do better. Like, this isn't just so I can stuff my pockets full of money and live in a crazy house with a Ferrari and a Lamborghini. I don't give a crap about all that. I generally want to see everyone do really well. I like nice things and I'm OK to that's fine. But I think if you have that mindset as well, too, then like it, it will happen. You put that energy out there. I feel like you get a lot of that back. And like, I I live my life a lot like that. Like, I believe in like karma, you know, like you do good things, good things happen back to you, you know, like if you're a person that's constantly causing, you know, drama or stirring up crap in your community or with other people, like that just won't get you anywhere, man. So like, I think being a really good rounded person really helps. Yeah. There's a lot of people that those kind of people only make it so far, you know, they'll do well
0: for a while, but it all comes to an end and it usually crashes and burns and uh i we don't have plans to do that it's it's way more deep-rooted than that i I care about people's health and genuinely i want to see others around me do well too so it's 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 a mindset you have to have if you want to run a successful business because if you don't you're
1: it may work for a while but it's not going to work forever yeah that's one of the things that i'm constantly thinking about like with our business you know like right now i'm currently drawing up brainstorming stuff within core management of like what can i do with guys and girls here to like make like their lives better you know what i mean like what info can i give them or what courses or training or something can i give them that a they're not just going to Think is super lame and boring or whatever, but maybe they will. But maybe if I at least push them onto that, and it's like, hey guys, like I'm still going to pay you today. We're all still going to get paid, but instead of going doing this job, like you know what? It's Friday. I got this person coming in. They're going to talk to us about financial planning. They're going to talk to us about like how to invest your money or how to how to save money or how to look at your spending or how to budget. And I feel like that's an aspect of other businesses and places that they don't do that stuff and. I think that that's why you kind of, in order to make it a better place to work, you kind of have to do that sort of thing. Cause I was thinking about that the other night and it just was like, man, you got to do stuff to like help them. And then there will be a percentage of people that'll be like, oh, I don't care that he's helping me with this, but there'll be that percentage of being able to retain people being like, oh, my employer, like, dude, like they actually like, it helped a lot. Like they care about us. They, they're they investing in us. This is super cool. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that.
1: Okay, cool. Um, No, I, I just think that it's really important as far as like, you know, when you're you're building your business up too is like making sure that your employees are looked after and giving them tools to succeed in life as well, too, rather than just the whole like, all right, come on, because there's a lot of talk about that right now, right? Because retention really hard right now. Finding good people is really hard right now. So it's like, how can you make your business up? And It's a tough conversation. How do I make my business a better place for people to work? But at the same time, I'm running a business and I don't have all this excess funds to do this, but sometimes we spend excess funds for like, you know, maybe training that it's like, well, how about we take this training and we just supplement it with something like this for like personal growth for the guys and girls. Okay, that sounds a little bit better. That might be better for them. I just think it's an interesting conversation to like, to have with people in order to add value to their lives.
0: Yeah, and and the best way to do that is and you know, it's not so much complicated and and as hard as it seems. I mean, at the end of the, each year you you take a look at your your numbers and go through your overhead percentage and if you're doing 20 million and you can throw 2% of that overhead percentage into, you know, investing in your people, that that that's way more money than you'll ever need depending on how many people you have. But, you know, there there's definitely avenues to to attack that You know that that side of things and it's not as hard as it seems and i think a lot of people you know greed gets to them and it's unfortunate but it's not me and it never has been me i've always been a giver i'm not a taker i'm glad i'm
1: happy for that for you man i'm happy to hear that yeah yeah it's true though um uh, I wanted to touch on one thing at the end here about like, obviously, there's a lot of talk about the economy and the way things are going. And I, I always like getting other business owners inputs on like, you know, how are things looking down there? Are you guys still super busy? Are people still throwing around money? Are people being a little more conservative with their money? What's going on?
0: I think people are throwing around like it's going out of style. Um, but you're always going to have the customers who you know don't want to spend a lot of money, but if the the biggest thing, and especially in like the residential market, and that's one thing I'd, you know, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but it's really easy to, you know, read somebody from a residential sales standpoint. If you're, you know, whether you're going out to quote a septic or a retaining wall or, you know, a drainage project or just a grading project, it's like, listen, how much money do you have? And what do you want done? I'll make it work. And I I do it every day. There's, there's always different ways to do things. And there's always a way to find a solution to their problems for the money they have now if they have 500 bucks a thousand bucks maybe not so much but i don't really see it um i can tell you one thing you know just from like municipal standpoint that work has not slowed down at all i think there are more bid lettings put out this spring than there were last spring and i thought last spring there were a lot now that goes into play with you know the the it's it's a lot more deep-rooted than that. It has a lot to do with politics, but the budget that's set forward is is pretty high here and they spend a lot of money on trying to, you know, and and our governor actually, she's, she's really pushing infrastructure and the roads and stuff. So I haven't seen a slowdown in it now. But, you know, there's a lot of people that would probably say otherwise around me, but I, you know, you've got to be chasing the work through the right avenues and finding it in the right spots. And, you know, there, there's some things I can think of right off the top of my head from finding work that just wouldn't work right now. But there's, I don't know. I, I don't have an issue with it. I don't really pay attention to it. I just keep going.
1: That's good. That's an important thing. I think that's like a good summary of my conversation today with you is like, I don't, stop. I just kind of keep going. And like, I think that's a really important takeaway for people, especially guys, even if you don't have a business, like I wish that you could instill that in a lot of employees mindset too. Right. It's like, Hey man, there's a huge opportunity to grow here at this business. You just got to work your butt off. But the problem is maybe that employee got ruined at another place where they did do that and they never got rewarded for it. That's the crappy thing is when you have an employee like that, that's like, man, I did that at my last job and like I got stumped, you know? So I think that that's kind of, yeah, it's a good takeaway of like the attitude of like work hard and like, you know, you'll get rewarded for it. Yes, it's a lot of work up front and it's a grind. But at the end of the day, you just got to be the type of person that really likes that stuff, too.
0: Yeah. And this is just a side note to that first job I ever had when I was, I was kind of a late bloomer because I played so many sports in high school. I think the first job I had was the summer of, uh, I was probably 16 or 17. My first employer was my cousin at the time he owned a startup landscaping company and now they do, I don't know, probably 10, 12 million a year. They're huge. Um, but at the time, and I was just a little stuck up brat pretty much. And you know, I don't, I, for the most part, I'll always get things that I wanted. And my cousin told me, you know, he, he put me on some job where I was just like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, listen, dude, good things come to those who wait. Just stick it out. Do it. And for some reason, that's always stuck with me. And it's true. I mean, I I, when I hung out, I, you know, I worked for them for the next two summers and ended up doing a, the last summer before I went off to college. And, and finally, you know, I was I was running that skid steer on, on the, you know, the new yard installs and, and the retaining walls. And I was like, true so you definitely have to put in that work where you can just get to you know be the top guy or the number one dog it's this industry especially you gotta you have to put the time in before you can really just you know shine
1: but it's exciting to go out and do something new every day and learn something yeah 100 percent. i like that you're totally right on that you nailed it drop the mic after that boom uh dylan dude <laughs> uh we had an awesome time at con expo i'm always a joy talking to you i loved having you on today having a talk thank you for being here man i appreciate that i appreciate it greatly i had a good time today i look forward to 2026. yeah me as well too man thank you everybody for listening to the con expo con egg podcast brought to you by our friends over at komatsu and also make sure to check us out anywhere that podcasts are and search con expo on youtube and if you want to see the visual check out our beautiful faces. Thank you.